like, oh, the day my baby turns four months, they're not going to sleep anymore because everything changes. And that's totally not the case. Like starting at six weeks, the baby starts making their own melatonin where before they just were having it from the mom. With people, when we talk about birth experiences, they might be minimizing their trauma because we've been taught intergenerationally that this is just how it is. Right. Oh yeah, like the doctor made that decision, didn't talk to you about it, of course. Or, oh yeah, you know, they used an implement that was extremely painful for you and uh, often unnecessary. That's just what they had to do, right? There's a normalization of trauma doesn't mean that it's any less traumatic. And everything would just get solved with birth control pills. But I kept feeling like this is counterproductive. Right. Grandmother, my great grandmother had 10 kids. Mm. My paternal grandmother had nine. So in my head, I'm thinking, you know, this, this is black people don't have this issue. I've mm. never heard of black people having this issue. Hey, welcome to the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor here in Atlanta, Georgia, where I own a group practice where we specialize in women's issues, maternal mental health, and all things wellness. Here on the podcast, we're going to be talking about parenthood, how to take care of yourself, and a little bit of in-between things. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a quick chat with me. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Something that you may not know about me is that I own a group practice that offers mental health services. It's called Push Through Therapy. And we have a collection of amazing clinicians that are dedicated to help serve our clients. So if you're struggling with any anxiety, depression, stress, difficulty doing any type of task, ADHD, transitioning with work, friendships, relationships, grief and loss, parenthood, anything that you feel like you could benefit from talking to someone to gain some coping skills, some strategies, tools, or even just to have a place to talk about the challenges in which you face. Head on over to our website at keisharibs.com, look through our list of amazing therapists, and select the one that you think would be a great fit for you. Our administrative assistant will set you up with an intake appointment and take care of all of your questions and needs. We're here for you. Thank you guys for joining me for another episode of the Push Through Podcast, and I am super excited to introduce our next guest, which is Emesha Parker. She is a registered nurse for certified women's health nurse practitioner. She's certified in perinatal mental health specialist, and she is certified menopause practitioner who has published an amazing book that we're going to dive into today. But thank you and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here with you. Yes. So we connected over, we're both a part of the postpartum support international community. And I'm so glad for forums like that because it gets you to be able to like meet, network, um, collaborate and exchange resources from people all over the world. And we were able to talk through there and you're all the way in California. 
<laughs> I am. And it's smoky today. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did want to start the show. Of course, we're going to get all into your credentials and your education, but tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I live in California. I work as a women's health nurse practitioner in OBGYN. So I've worked in various settings for the past, I don't know, 15 years. Um, And I love focusing on um, supporting women, helping them going through various life transitions, helping them have the information they need to make informed decisions about their bodies. Um, And uh, And a big focus of mine over the past number of years has become um, maternal mental health. How do we help our pregnant and postpartum moms thrive during that time, which for many is actually surprisingly more difficult (laughs) than they expect. Um, So otherwise, I have three children, three daughters that keep me really busy, and I've managed to keep them alive through the now they're in elementary school, which is absolutely shocking. <laughs> we, have, we have managed That's to do fly. this for so long. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, yeah, it's a little bit about me. Okay. Um, I know we were talking before we started recording about your three kids. Had you always imagined yourself as a mother? So I think so. I mean, the number, how many has changed over time? Like in middle school, I thought six would be a really nice number. <laughs> and then <laughs> over time, uh, when I was going through grad school, I the last thing I wanted to do was think about being a mom because I just really felt like if I would have children, I just uh, would want to be home most of the time. So I'm like, I need to finish my schooling. <laughs> I don't want anything to interfere with that. Um, and so I'm really happy with three. I mean, it's just, it's their wonderful, sweet, energetic, crazy um, children that um, keep me on my toes and um, just bring a lot of joy and exhaustion to my life. And exhaustion. (laughs) Emphasis on the exhaustion. (laughs) Um, I know you were telling me that um, you are Hungarian. Mm -hmm. Um, Was that where you grew up before you came to United States or, or was, did you have like a good bit of your childhood experiences there? Oh, good question. Um, So actually I'm Hungarian American. So that means that I had a really kind of atypical upbringing compared to my peers, which is I didn't quite fit into the all Hungarian community. Like when I go back to Hungary to visit in Hungary, I'm the American and in, uh, in America, I'm the Hungarian. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, it's, it's been really interesting because my, my family just kind of, my parents are Hungarian. So they taught me the language, which I'm passing on to my children. Um, but they kind of kept us more isolated. So like growing up my, um, like, I remember just my grandma, um, showing us a lot of musicals, like like even Marilyn Monroe, black and white, 1950s, 30s movies, which my peers hadn't even heard of. Um, so that ended up um, just, ra- they ended up raising me in a way where um, things d- are never quite how they seem. Like <laughs> my husband really thinks it's hilarious that you know, we'll talk about just common American things and I won't even quite understand, even though I was raised here. Yeah. So like um, he'll be referring to 
the boxing movie Rocky, and I'll be thinking about the Moose Bullwinkle for some reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> so, he never lets me live that down. So, um, yeah, it's it's been an amazing, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's left, let me have a lot of humorous moments in my life. Um, and I find it very special, the things that they've passed on. Um, but yeah, I grew up here, but in kind of like a strange Hungarian American bubble, so to speak. And the reason why I asked is because I, I think anyone who has a different, which I think we all have a different cultural background or, Mm -hmm. um, beginnings, but from a perinatal standpoint of what, postpartum looks like within someone's culture or um if there's any type of traditions that are different was there anything that you were exposed to within the Hungarian culture that was a little bit different than American for yeah like a new mom I wish I could have something really interesting to answer for that I actually I didn't have anything specific to the Hungarian culture, um, but that's actually one of my favorite questions to ask when I'm running into women and taking care of them in the clinic. Like, okay, so tell me, like, you come from this culture, so what are the cultural practices or are there any for postpartum that you want us to know about? And some of the answers are fascinating. And it's even interesting hearing people's responses because some of the first generation um here in America, they're start. some of them are super excited about those cultural practices. And some of them feel like, oh, that's just been thrown on me. That's not that important to me, but I'm carrying it out because it's important to my family. Um, so it's just been interesting watching people navigate that here in the U.S. Right. Yeah. Um, so who would you say were any maternal influences for you growing up? So my mom is a huge one. She, um, my mom, my grandma, and I think my great grandma, I would say those three are the major ones. And uh, I'll start with my mom because she's just incredible. Um, And you'll you'll see, I've mentioned her multiple times throughout my book. as She kind of walks through the pregnancy with me um, for better or for worse for both of us. Um, and she's just a sweet, giving, loving woman. She has been a piano teacher for, for a long time. And, um, so I just grew up watching her loving on us and she was, you know, home all the time. And so she'd make us, you know, all kinds of healthy foods that we usually hated, like <laughs> buck, buckwheat pancakes <laughs> and, and, and um, try to, you know, stuff in vegetables and all kinds of meals. Um, but, you know, she, what I love about her is that she is full of grace and compassion. She's a prayer warrior. So I just love how she is um, just constantly watching over her children even when we're old she's she's still so dependable and um they're wanting to support us and then my grandma you know she just got a lot of that from my grandma so my grandma was like 16 when she escaped from Hungary um during world war ii and she had like long braids and she has all these stories about how uh, well her escape and um 
And um, I won't go into all the details <laughs> to not derail us, but uh, my my grandma was like a second mom. And we she grew up here. She didn't grow up, but she lived here in California and we would visit her every summer. And so that's when we watched all those movies wow. and she'd pull out the trundle beds and roll them into the middle of her living room. And we'd sleep wow. there every night and have sleepovers with cousins. And then my, you know, great grandma was just quietly cooking all the time. So we'd go over and swim at her house and um, she'd make all these Hungarian um, like cornbreads and furiska, which is like a cornmeal pudding type of thing. And um, so she was just always quietly in the background working really hard to support the grandkids. So I think sometimes when I, you know, think about who are the biggest influences in life, I'm surprised to find that it's actually the quieter souls that are so caring on a day-to-day basis and um, so loving. And it's not the big flashy people who I maybe would have thought I would have chosen right. <laughs> years ago. <laughs> yeah. And how fortunate it it was or is of you to have had like three generations of maternal influences and and to see differences and also their similarities and have been exposed to that that's like beautiful yeah I am so grateful like I'm just I'm sad they're they're only my mom of those three generations you know is here now but I'm just so grateful some of my best childhood memories are with them so yeah just very happy about that now as I was saying like when I was doing your your intro you host quite a bit of credentials you are a very mm-hmm. educated woman mm-hmm. and do you feel as if the career path that you took was this knowing that you wanted to be a mom or or was it because of the experience that you had with your own motherhood journey that you then opted to get certified in perinatal mental health or kind of like what what was that that prompt for you to decide to have like this medical background and to specifically work with women and then in the maternal space? Mm. That's a very deep question. Well, I've always enjoyed working with women. So I just have memories of you know, in high school, leading like high school leadership camps um, for girls and in college being a resident assistant and some of that, sometimes that was in a women's dorm. So I guess throughout my life, I've just had a lot of um, opportunity to grow those relationships. And I love that. I just think women are amazing people and just so fun to work with and it's never boring and it's often uh you know they go through so many difficult times and that um it's it's just an honor to be able to work with them and um so I guess that I kind of thought I would be working with women um and then it actually was interesting I'm going to interject this random thought Mm -hmm. because I recently found a picture of me in sixth grade at a hospital Um, and it was because we were each sixth grader was able to choose a professional to follow and I chose a midwife and um, and so I have this vivid memory and a picture now 
of uh, being called to the hospital in the middle of the night from a slumber party. <laughs> my mom picked, picked up, drove me over there and I got to see my first birth. Wow. And that was just amazing. So although at that time I didn't really decide that I will be in women's health and somehow related to OB, um, that I think that was still kind of tucked inside of me. And then later on over time, I kind of circled back around to that. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so when I finally decided where within the medical field I wanted to go like nursing, um, I just love what it stands for, for it's holistic care for women, trying to promote wellness and it's not a disease oriented healthcare model. So <laughs> I just loved all of that, that it, that it encompassed. And so once I decided that I would um, pursue women's health nurse practicing, then slowly some of those other interests um, followed and um, I became pregnant and, and <laughs> realized, wow, <laughs> this is different than I thought it would be. And although I'd been taking care of some pregnant women for a couple of years prior as a nurse practitioner, um, I um, realized that there's there's a lot to it and <laughs> a lot changes in that time period. And so um, long story short, eventually I realized that um, maternal mental health is the field that really focuses on the things that um, really interest me within, within women's health. And um, yeah, and the menopause was something, another transition that I, that I really had felt like it wanted to help women with. So it's just like major like life transitions, mm -hmm. um, I think, as things that I enjoy. Both are such like topics that, you know, of course, like we're in the field. So, you know, we're reading about it, discussing about it on forums about it. But for like general population, maternal mental health or menopause, is it something that people often research or discuss or yeah. are aware of? So it's, it's so good that you wanted to go into that to contribute to this. And so it can bring about so much more information and to help women who are dealing with both. Because you're yeah. right, women have to go through so much. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our bodies are amazing. But what in the world? <laughs> like we finally get used to one stage of life and then we mm -hmm. transition to another. And that's not always easy. Absolutely. And and so I just felt like we... We need more of us out there who can really help people with, with that. So because right. menopause would be like a whole another. <laughs> yes, it would. It of its own. So yes. Yeah. Um, before we get into the book though. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you were going through school, you're getting all of these credentials and initials behind your name. You have three kids. Was there ever any challenges in your own motherhood journey? Never, <laughs> never. It was perfect and flawless. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, yeah. Okay. So in all honesty, of course, right. So, you know, everything from the, you know, my first labor, not going how I anticipated to getting gestational diabetes in my second pregnancy and feeling like my body failed to um, just navigating, you know, relationship with my husband, you know, with children, like we knew how to be friends and how to date, but now we have to figure out how to co-parent when we have different opinions about different things. So 
um, that has been a process as well. Um, and then even just like figuring out like, how do I pass on my culture, um, my hybrid Hungarian American culture to my children? And what would that look like? And um, do I want to, do I not? Um, and so there's just a lot of uh, like inner processing about, uh, is it worth it? And how do we, my husband, and I merge our traditions um, can I pass on the exact same tradition to my children um, and for it to be that meaningful? Or is it going to be a stress on our family and maybe like we have to adapt tradition? So, I mean, there's just like a lot of things to think about. A lot of things I think we all think about when we become parents um, and we don't necessarily realize that we'll be revisiting all of those multiple times on this parenthood journey. Absolutely. Um, and you hit on a good bit of all of those points in your book. Mm-hmm. So you released an amazing book to carry wonder, a book to nature, to nurture, I'm sorry, inspire and equip you in pregnancy and motherhood. Um, tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write the book. So yes, I'm super excited about this book. And I wanted women to be able to authentically experience their own pregnancies and to have resources to support them. Um, And while, and my hope was in writing these stories down, which are based on my first diary with my first pregnancy. So um, that my hope was that those entries would help people process their own experiences, help them see that they're not alone with some of their feelings. Um, In fact, many of them are common. And I really wanted to give people an opportunity to grow in pregnancy, not, I mean, we're growing (laughs) literally, but how do we also grow figuratively in pregnancy? Um, And so I think when we go to prenatal visits, it's really easy for those visits to be super fast and focused on the facts. Like this is your blood pressure. This is your weight. This is your baby's heartbeat. This is your lab that's upcoming. These are the results. But then we miss the whole biopsychosocial transformation Mm -hmm. that happens along this continuum. And I, so I wanted to do something that would help women have an opportunity to experience their pregnancies differently. Absolutely. And wouldn't it be like perfect if in a perfect world, when women go to their OBGYNs and they're having their checkups, they could be able to see their practitioner and also their therapist. So yeah, those things can be combined at once. Yes. I think it's what's really great about the book is how you do both. Like you're able to offer like personal advice from your own personal experience, but also give that medical side as well. Because when we think about traditional books, like what to expect when you're expecting or other books, they can feel very medically um, and it not feel like someone can be seen mm-hmm. or not feel like relatable. Um, mm-hmm. What what inspired you to kind of like write it in that way? <laughs> well, <laughs> that was a process. <laughs> uh, so it's, I've, I've journaled my whole life. And so I thought, well, when I have, and I've written little books when I was little, my dad has kept all of those little things like how to be kind and how to be mean and how to be sexy. These are my elementary <laughs> these are the books. I, wrote. I don't even know how I 
even develop the content and I would love to find <laughs> them. Um, so it's not surprising that I, therefore, like the book is based on a journal um, because that's something that's been a really important part of my life. Um, but then when I finished writing it, then I showed my sister and I blame her every time she read it and she's like, but you're a nurse practitioner. You should just, you should have information in there too. Like not just your own experience. And I thought about that. I'm like, Oh, you're right. But I thought I was done with the book. <laughs> Little did I know that it would take me 12 years to figure out a format that worked. Um, and I, and I also wanted the opportunity to address um, some major topics that aren't often talked about um, in prenatal visits or maybe not talked about as much in other books. Um, and so I wanted a book that was beautiful. So there's like different illustrations in there to make it a nurturing, inviting book. That's a pregnancy experience um, that's based on stories, but also allows people to go deeper into um, the facts and the information if they chose. So the book goes weekly um, from the very beginning, like week five of pregnancy and goes all the way to postpartum, like week 16. And um, every week there's two memoirs, two stories for people to read, and then some educational topic that's written in kind of like a conversational tone. So kind of easy to read, hopefully. <laughs> and, then, um, and then there's an opportunity for them to go deeper if they're interested in that educational topic. So um, it, there's like a digging deeper where they can either, there's reflection questions or something interactive or, questions that are answered in the back of the book so even though the book looks thicker like about maybe a third of it is actually the appendix where they can go quickly find information about different topics um, and then the front part is story and overviews of different topics love it so <laughs> so need it um and it, it kind of just like goes back to what we were talking about, like that biopsychosocial piece of it all, like that going hand in hand, um, being able to be spoken to is kind of like um, as a companion or like a good friend that's speaking to you versus it's very like medically termed in a way, but also super informative and um, like a companion manual. And something that you also do really good is being able to cover so much from like self-image to your partner or um, how you feel about your body and your mental health symptoms and all the way from conception throughout the entire perinatal stage, which again, are things that we don't often talk about. Um, all of those, you know, different things that are so important and can impact um, a mother's parenthood journey or how she feels about herself or how she shows up within her family. What kind of prompted you to be like, let me let me just not talk about like after birth or just pregnancy. Let me, let me give them the whole gamut of the entire experience. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, because I feel like that's not where the story ends, right? Mm -hmm. So even though we focus so much on birth and it is a transformative experience that we never will forget, it's uh, in a way that's kind of where the story really begins is when we have our children. And um, and so I wanted to just acknowledge that and talk about the transition to motherhood. 
Um, because it's a huge one, huge. I mean, I don't, I don't think I realize how little sleep I'd be getting, how, um, how little I would know on how to take care of a baby. I mean, even putting a baby in a car seat is a huge deal. Like, how do I even leave the house with a child um, who's so tiny? Can I even use a carpool lane? I mean, this baby's 20 inches. Does this count like a whole human? Now I can go in the carpool lane or not really because not full. Like there are just so many basic questions. Um, And I wanted to um, include those so people can reflect on their own and then also just feel like they're not alone in the process of the craziness. Yeah, absolutely. So not only mom can benefit from this how do you think partners can also benefit from this book well I tried to write it in a way where it would be relevant for them as well so there's um, different interactive things that I prompts that I put throughout the book that people can can do with partners it's also written a way even though it is my story um, that leads kind of the the book um and I am married to my husband, it is still written in a way where I recognize that people are single. There are a lot of single moms I take care of. There are people who are partnered and there are lots of different types of partners and some people whose, um, you know, whose major support system are like their parents. Um, and so I wanted it to be, um, just helpful for all of those people. And so I tried to write it in a way where that's, that would be useful. Um, Yeah. So there's just a lot of different families out there. Yeah. I had like the idea of it could be so beneficial for like what you said, like not only partner, but parent being that this is something that's it's written in a way that's not like our old school books in preparing people Mm -hmm. for what is to come, but it's giving someone who is a support person kind of like a glimpse of what potentially could come for this person that they're helping to take care of and how they can show up for them or what questions that they could ask. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can help them navigate this and, and mm-hmm. also not have them be so alone. So thank you for writing something. That's uh- yeah it's it's um I'm so glad that it is done because it took so long to write um but my my hope is that it really is useful for people um and it's funny because I've had some some women tell me like yeah I read that that section on your sex to my to my partner and I'm like oh my gosh there's like so many vulnerable things (laughs) I should have known that it will be read by many different types of people um and not just the person who's pregnant uh but hopefully by being vulnerable and honest it gives people the opportunity to be honest about pregnancy and motherhood too right and that's really important yeah and it's not something that they can just think about like oh well they had the baby baby's healthy mom's healthy all is well when there's like so many other things to take a consideration and to think about like sex and intimacy, how they feel about their body, what their connection is like with their partner. And even on your website, you have lots of freebies with like worksheets and things that people can go on to and resources Mm -hmm. in addition to also getting the book. So that's great. Yeah, I'm growing that. So 
you know, I'm hoping that that will be another way for people to stay connected um, and then also just find resources because we we need to be able to do this all together. And then I'm actually, I didn't mention this, but I'm super excited that some of the book proceeds are going to International Justice Mission. So this is a global nonprofit that is working to protect people against um, people in poverty against violence. And so like trafficking, slavery, um, violence against children and women. So um, it's a, an amazing organization. And I was just horrified to hear 50 million people are in, held in slavery today, right? That's just crazy. That's just crazy, unacceptable amount. Um, and human trafficking generates about $150 billion annually. And so, um, yeah, I, it's, it's really sad and that can be changed. And so I'm hoping that, um, so my book can help with that too. Yeah. Helping. So if someone, if you don't have anyone present in your life, like if you, if your partner is not with child, but you want to purchase the book to gift it to someone that you may know, yeah. this could be mm -hmm. a great, um, baby shower gift or <laughs> announcement gift. The proceeds can be able to support a really great yeah. organization. Yeah. Um, or even if you've had the baby, it's still something that you could be able to read and get a lot mm -hmm. of information from. Where can people go to purchase the book? So it's online. You can find it any major online retailer. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart. Um, and then and if people are interested in like their local mom and pop shops, then bookstore bookshop.org also has it. Awesome. So last <laughs> question um, mm -hmm. for any mom who is looking for help when they are in the throes of postpartum, what are a couple of suggestions which you recommend for them? Hang in there. First of all, hang in there. Things will get easier, but this motherhood is not meant to be done alone. And it's easy to feel isolated and lonely as a parent. And that can feel surprising because people feel like, well, I'm with a human being all day long. Like, how can I feel lonely? But your people often don't get those connections um, that really are supporting their wellness. And so I would say, reach out, get, first of all, leave the house <laughs> because so many people are in their one room or one house and they are just not doing great. And they're um, generally surprised how much better they feel when they leave the house. So get out of the house every day and connect with others. And that can be your local um like parent groups or postpartum support international has lots of online groups um, meet people so you can realize that the, you're not alone and um and if you're not doing well if you know if you're getting anxious or you're getting you're sad and not enjoying the things that you normally do well you know postpartum anxiety depression you know mood disorders are really common really common and so be sure to reach out for help so that you can start feeling better soon. There's treatment. <laughs> There's help out there. Treatment. There is help out there. It doesn't have to be like this. Yeah. Um, so for people who want to follow you or look up your website, how can they find you? You can go to tocarrywonder.com um, and that you can link to social there um, or Instagram. You can find to carry wonder. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, it's been a pleasure to just learn more about you and the work that you have been doing. And thank you for writing such an amazing book and all of your con contributions to the community. Thank you. And so, so enjoyed this time together. Thanks for the opportunity.